UFC Malice with me, Steve Wraith, and uh, delighted to see you this Saturday morning. I'm joined by Mick Lowe's. Good morning, Mick. Really good, Steve. Thank you. You? Yeah, all good, mate. All good. Good to see you. And a uh, big shout out to everybody who uh, turned up last night just, just to have a couple of drinks from the NUFC Matters moderator section. All big right. Shout, big shout out to Tom Dixon, uh, to Julie, to Rachel, and to Roger. Um, it was a good night out. We just had a couple of uh, drinks in town. It was nice to catch up with everybody because, unfortunately, some people had booked for the 17th for the uh, the NUFC Matters do, uh, when, unfortunately, it got put back to the 24th. So um, it was nice to see people. We had a good night out. I had a little bit of a, a bad head this morning, but uh, that was what that's what it's all about on a weekend, I guess. But uh, well, good let, to let, let, Let's hope one or two of them do a double, a 17 and 24 double. Um, yeah. and, we see, and we see them all again next week. Uh, yeah. Next Friday night, next Friday night with Griff, which uh, which will be great. Yeah, looking forward to that. Don't forget, get your tickets from nufcmatters.com. Okay, as always, plenty to talk about. Mick and I like to take it sometimes in a different direction because uh, it can get a little bit boring talking about will they come or won't they come or have they decided not to bother or they're going somewhere else. So we've chucked up a few little topics to discuss today, and of course, the first one, which is. Um, which is always important. It's the fixture list, mm. Mick. And um, August sees Newcastle take on Notts Forest at home in the first game of the season, then Brighton away, Manchester yep. City at home, Wolves away and Liverpool away. So a bit of a mixed bag, um, but mm. one would imagine, fingers crossed, it won't take us till November to get our first points on the board. Yeah, I mean, two things, really. One, I, I agree with you, and I think they're probably better than what you've just said there. I, th- I think it's a decent start. Um, you know, I think of uh, over the years when, you know, you've really been on tender hooks waiting to find out who you're going to get in the first month, first two months. Um, and it can be a it can be a nightmare start on occasions. I, I think this is pretty good. We'll talk about uh, how good I think it is in, in, in a few seconds. Um, but the but the most in- interesting thing for me is, you know, as I say, having, you know, done it for year after year after year, waiting season after season, summer after summer. Um, waiting to see what the what the what the uh, fixtures are going to be like. The most important thing about this one, Steve, is none of us none of us know what it's going to pan out and how it's going to pan out, because slap bang in the middle of November and December, we're all going to stop playing, watching, doing Premier League football. You know, um, yes, in the past, um, the likes of the Scots and the likes of the Europeans um, have had Christmas winter breaks. Um, so they've had a little bit of a, a break. There's been a slight stop to the season. You know, this is a dirty, great big hole in the middle of, of the season. Um, just as you either, one or another, one, you're either picking up a bit of momentum and you've had a great start to the season and you think, cool, blimey, what, what a season this could be. And then all of a sudden, see you later. You'll be back on Boxing Day on the 26th. You'll be back at Leicester, whatever, whatever. Alternatively, you've had a nightmare start of the season 
um, and you think, right, OK, now we get chance to recharge our batteries. We maybe have to have a think about this, have a think about that and the other. But for supporters, for coaches, for managers, for owners, nobody knows, Steve. Nobody knows what this is going to be like. I mean, it, it, it is very, very strange, very, very interesting. So, um, yeah, I mean, that will be the most interesting point for me. Um, you know, I've had a look at the fixtures. I do think they're kind. Um, but in a strange way, if it is a kind start to the season, that'll be the worst thing in the world that will happen to us on whatever it is, the 14th of, of November, because we'll all have to stop. Yeah, it's bizarre. Absolutely it bizarre. It and um, it will be, it, it'll certainly have a, a big role to play, I think, in uh, in a lot of things that this season. Let's look at the back end, Mick. And May sees, um, you know, I would say it's tough, but I mean, look, you've always got to play these teams. We never know, you, know, yeah. you never know what the month of May is going to bring because, you know, things could have already been decided, etc. But Arsenal um, at home leads away. Yeah, Leicester at home and the final game of the season, Chelsea away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'd be more concerned because I just, I just don't think there's no really any point of us looking at any great length at um, the end of season. And I'm hoping, severely hoping, um, that because this time around it won't be the sort of issue that we had, say, in previous seasons, whereby what you're doing is you're actually more looking at the tail end. Because you're thinking, if we're hanging on, it could be really, 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 really twitchy. So if you suddenly had five or six big hitters in the fast in the last two months of the season, and you know, as we have been for the past four or five seasons, struggling at that end of the season, then you get more worried about. I'm not even thinking about um, the end of the season because I think the end of the season we will be okay. It's the start of the season where. With the exception of Manchester City, I think we've got the opportunity of getting close to winning, say, six of our first seven. So we've got Forest up, then Bournemouth, uh, Brentford Palace, uh, Everton and Aston Villa. Um, so them six plus the seventh against Manchester City are the first seven before Chelsea um, and then the break. Now, if you look at those and you think... And, 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 you know, people will say, oh, well, you're just, you're just dreaming. You're just thinking. That... No, you have to base it on our performances at St. James's Park since the new owners, since Eddie Howe got his act sorted. I mean, look at that. We lost only one of our last 10 at St. James's, and that mm. was against Liverpool. You know, go back to December. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Going back to December, Manchester City. After that, only one defeat in 10 at St. James's. St. James's, because of war flags, because of the, the way that the, the supporters have been absolutely fantastic in those final six months of the season. If we replicate, if we do that again, then I'm sorry, but Forests and Bournemouths and Brentfords and Aston Villas of this world, we should be beating. So, and, and don't forget, it was, the, it was always the most famous adage of all time. Win your home games. Win your home games. That's what St. James's was based upon. That's what... That's what Keegan and Sir Bobby were based upon. Win your home games and let's see if we can't pick up a point, pick up the odd three away from home. So I'm looking at those first seven games with the exception potentially. And you can even chuck in Manchester City, of course, because there's always the argument, isn't there? But if you're going to play a real big hitter, play him early when they might just be a little, a little bit, not 100%. So Manchester City, second game of the season, whatever it is, um, 
that's not a bad thing either. So, no, I think the start is very, very healthy. And I think, you know, providing we do what we do, providing we, you know, did what we did at the end of last season in terms of St. James's, obviously it will depend upon the playing side of things, who we get in, who we don't get in, et cetera, et cetera. But that's been, that's been a good set of fixtures. And six of those first seven for me, I'll do that every time. Yeah, Alan, enjoy yourself, mate. He's at the uh, Blackpool International Soul Festival at the Winter Gardens. Enjoy that, he says, but he wouldn't miss this for the world. And Colin Summer says he's looking forward to seeing us next week. So, uh, yes, we are looking forward to seeing you. Last thing on the fixtures, um, I always like to look to see who we're going to get on Boxing Day and, and yes. New Year's Day, you know, that that fixture. And, again, another disappointing year for me, like because it means we're on the road. Boxing Day, we're away at the Leicester City. At mm. least it's not too far a journey. I was just about um, to say that. Um, and Arsenal away, of course, on on uh, the second, which of course means mm. everything will be back to normal then. So at least it's mm. not it's not New Year's Day. But yeah, it's, we we seem to be avoiding home games on those fixtures for some reason, which is a bit of a nightmare. Well, the other problem as well is, I mean, a I agree with um, I agree with Boxing Day. I mean, um, it it could be it could be Southampton, it could be London, it could be it could be, it, it could be an it, exactly it could be an Bournemouth. awful. Awful, awful lot worse, Steve. So I, I haven't got a problem with Leicester, and Leicester's pretty close to me as well. So I'm just being greedy now. Um, but Leeds, but Leeds on New Year's Eve. Don't forget as well. You know, you've always got the option that that it might not be New Year's. It might it might get moved. And on the subject of that, let's talk about this for a second. And you tell me this, because I I I I have not found one person yet, one person who can quite believe this. Now, some will say. It's probably the right thing. A lot of people will say, thank the Lord that TV haven't done what's TV done because they would just always buck the trend. And, um, you know, it doesn't help me and it doesn't help so as so, well. And it doesn't it it, it it can be a bit of a nightmare for the majority rather than the minority. But I cannot believe for a moment, Steve, that our first game of the season is three o'clock on a Saturday. Can you? No. I, I, you know, you've, 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 got a, you've, got, you've got one of the most exciting football clubs happening at this minute in time. And I'm talking genuinely about Newcastle United. <clears throat> and you've got a two-time European Cup winning side who've gone 23 years without the Premier League. And they're back in the, back in the big time. Again, that's a big story. You look at the rest of the, the fixtures that, that first weekend. And there's nothing. There's nothing stands out at me. I mean, how can Arsenal against Crystal Palace be a TV game? How can West Ham against Manchester City, even by that sad mission, it's not particularly exciting. I mean, they're two decent sides. Then you've got Brighton and Hove Albion against Manchester United. What's that all about? Now, for me, the standout game, OK, we might be biased, is, is, is Newcastle United against Nottingham Forest. My question is basically, am I wrong to think it should have been moved? And should we actually be happy that it is three o'clock on a Saturday? Yeah, I mean, for me per personally, I'm delighted it's three o'clock yeah, on a Saturday. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. And, and 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 you know, I've had a chat with a few Newcastle fans over the last few days, and they've said exactly the same thing. You know, I mean, we wish there was more of them. We're sick of Friday night football and Monday Absolutely. night football, and yeah. you know, let's kick off at the most ridiculous time on a Sunday football. It's, it 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 drives away fans up the wall, and like we found last season when we travelled to Arsenal, for example. Yeah. 12, 12 o'clock kickoff. Um, yeah. And of course, it was the weekend that we had the torrential storm. And, yeah. you know, seven o'clock, the, the six o'clock train was, was cancelled. The seven mm. o'clock train was what we all ended up on. And um, we mm. got we got we got to Arsenal's ground at yeah. 
Yeah. Five past five past twelve, we got to Highbury Station. We, we missed yeah. ten minutes of the game. But yeah. some people didn't even get there because of the but, because but, of the transport. But the but my argument, Steve, slightly is, uh, and again, we're probably being uh, twisting and twisting it one way and another. But it is at St James's, right? But it's not on TV. So for all of those elsewhere, thousands elsewhere who want to see it can't see it. So it's it, honestly, it's a bit. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You know, one minute we say TV are the, the devil and then the next minute we think, oh, hang on a minute. You know, if, if you're in Birmingham or if you're in Derby, or if you're in Manchester, you're in Liverpool, you're in London and you're a black and white and you can't and you will not get tickets for love or money for for the foreseeable future. Steve, you know that. I mean, that game against Forest will be completely sold out, rammed left, right and centre and not just for for Newcastle fans, but for Forest fans as well. And there's no TV and there's no live TV game. You know, that's the bit I don't understand. Yes, I get the fact that they mess around with the trains and people go um, can't get to work necessarily or their Sundays. But on this one, on just on this one occasion, I think it should have been a TV game at St. James's because 52,000 will pick up left, right and centre regardless. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, look, the, the, the bottom line with football nowadays, Mick, is that, um, you know, TV is our God, sadly. You know, they decide yeah. on what happens and they ruin our lives and they, they yeah. you know... We, but, they've we, almost they... ru- but they've almost ruined it in this sense because there was a perfectly good reason to do that and they've not done it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you're right, Mick. You're right. It's strange. It's strange. I mean, I've got to be honest, when I saw the fixtures come out, I was saying, well, when, oh. is, B- when is BT Sport going to jump in and say, well, Abs- we're going to change absolutely. it? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, when is, you know, are they, are they doing some kind of bizarre thing, this, that and the other? But they haven't, which is great. No. So Tom yeah. says he's not complaining. Uh, no. Saturday, three o'clock. Brilliant. Um, and the, Tom also says they can see it, Mick, although perhaps not through official channels. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Colin says, I agree I, with I, Mick I, 100%. I, 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 Allegedly, allegedly, they might not see it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've got lots to talk about. Anybody's got anything that they particularly want us to uh, the chat about today? Uh, let us know, and if um, we can, we will do. Um, I've got a, another thing to, to speak to Mick about, though, and that is tweeting owners. <clears> something <throat> we touched on last night on the Three Amigos. And what do I mean by tweeting owners? Well, it means people who are saying, "Come on, get your finger out, get the transfer business done. Come on, get, you know this is this is an on Aston Villa's got this player, Aston Villa's got that player." Um, it, it's ludicrous, Mick, and and this we, mm. we know that we know that Twitter is 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 a nightmare at times, especially Twitter. Um, and you know, me, Dad, and Jamie are both on there. Uh, they both, you know, they both respond to people that they use it for the for the greater good. But you know, fans really, some of our fans need to give themselves a shake, don't they? And and you know, messaging people about transfers and that it's bloody ludicrous. But I I I, I see. I see what you're saying, Steve, but what I what I also will have to say is that if you get into bed with somebody, then that's 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 the situation you, you've created for yourself. You know, and, and if you pretend or if you if you lead people up the garden path to think they're friends or if they think that they're, you know, you know, they're of your type, um, then you're going to get people who are going to think, all right, OK. I, you know, uh, you know, I, I'll tweet him or I'll tweet her or what, whatever. I'm, I'm sorry. You know, you, you can't have it both ways. You can't use people to use them in terms of for um, their uh, conversation or their PR or whatever. But uh, when it chooses you not to be a, a somebody who wishes 
to converse with people or do not wish to 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 get involved with people then then you can't have it both ways you just i i just honestly don't think you can have it both ways you you have to you know i i've said all that you've heard me steve say on here many many times since the owners um um have have talked about the pr side of things i you know it's fantastic it, it's great that they communicate but there are occasions when i just think they should they should just pull back they should pull back they should draw back at the end of the day they are you know they are the ownership of newcastle united football club they're not punters they're not supporters they're not lads down the pub having a pint they are honorable people who wish to get involved as owners of newcastle united football club so there has to be a certain amount of of whatever the word is respect if you like um and and I, and and over the and you've heard me say it over the over the past six or eight months, you know I do think on occasions they get they get too they get too involved with supporters, they get too involved um, with the rank and file. Sometimes you just have to sit back from an ivory tower and take your time a little bit. Um, and and once you once you open a can of worms, then before you know it, you're going to get the problem that you've already got. Yeah, I would agree. Um, you know, all short memories, Steve. It's honking, <laughs> tweeting owners, says Jimmy. Yeah. And Jimmy, Jimmy, I agree, mate. Look, and, and like I've said, I say it on here quite a bit. You put your head above the parapet. You're there to be absolutely. You're there to be knocked, you're there to be knocked at. But um, at the same time, I just think just a bit of common sense. And I, and I think it's that lovely phrase that Mitch uses. Here it goes again. There's a T-shirt in this, John Justice Allen. Um, Stockholm syndrome, Mick. Um, yes, we've had, absolutely. We've had, four, we've had 14 years of abuse. We've had 14 yeah. years of abuse as supporters. And yeah. ultimately, it, it's 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 understandable that yeah. most supporters are sitting in a transfer window where nothing's happening going. Yeah. You get that uneasy feeling and thinking, oh, we're just going to sign a Shefty Coochie in the last, uh, the last day of the transfer window. And I think it's going to take a few transfer windows for us to all get into this, wow, we are actually competing. But, but, you know but the mean? thing is, but it's, but it's all... It, it's part of it's the me 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 brigade that you know you can forget the stuff. Well, I know you thing. get them exactly. <laughs> you can you you, you, you 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 can forget the Stockholm syndrome. For me, it's the me 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 brigade because honestly, where you know the Rubens and Mayor had maybe getting some sorts of um, grief or uh, whatever from 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 social media, but just in general. People just sitting there. Oh yeah, I've just seen so and so. Oh, I know so and so. I respect. I've got a respected um, sign or a respected uh, influence that says. I mean, it's nonsense. It is absolute nonsense. There are people just sitting there, day in, day out, lying about transfers or stories or information just because they want to, just because they can. You know. And the problem is nowadays you've got respected journalists. You know, I spent 35 years doing it um, and, and they didn't exist in those days. So you didn't really have your, your gaffer and your bosses saying, hang on a minute. I've, I've just seen something online saying that Gareth Bales turned up at the airport. Now, whether you like it or not, said journalist then has to chase that story just to make sure it's right or it's wrong. And it's absolutely 99 percent wrong, of course. But you have to do it. So that that's a waste of time. That's a waste of energy. There is so much nonsense on the me, me, me brigade. Everybody wants 
to be me. Everybody wants to be an expert. Everybody wants to be somebody who knows what's happening. It's nonsense. 97% of them know nothing. End of it. Yeah, exactly, mate. Exactly. Just wondering if Mick will stand me a pint on Friday night, says Colin. 100%. (laughs) (laughs) By by the way, unless he says, me, 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 need a pint. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Tom says, I think there's still a lot of Ashley PTSD. I like that, P- uh, Ashley PTSD. People get jumpy uh, thinking back to it. We couldn't get it over the line, which is the point I was making. Exactly. And John from QTech, uh, hope you're well, mate. Hope your shoulders on the mend. Uh, says, this coming season seems to be the most anticipated in ages. Holland, Nunes, add spice. Mm. World Cup break making it unique. Mm. Does Mick think it's all fans, it's all fans or just Newcastle fans having renewed hope. No, I agree with him 100%. And I, and I did think about that. Um, and I think we talked about it on one of these a while back. You know, w- when we thought that, you know, everything's going well with you, New- and it is going well with Newcastle, and it is certainly getting two, three, four hundred percent better than it was. Um, and then we all presumed, of course, that we could get into Europe and, and we would presume that Leicester and West Ham and and Wolves, well, they're not that great, are they? And even Manchester United aren't the team that they were. Make no doubt about it. If Newcastle are spending, they're spending. And the difference about uh, financial foul, uh, fair play, of course, is that everybody just about has to do the same sort of things. So it's not as if this absolute golden pot of money that um, that Newcastle United have they can't go and sp- even if they wanted to, they can't go out and spend the five hundred million that the Leicesters and the Wolves and the West Hams, etc., uh, etc., et can't spend. Everybody is going to be doing probably much of the same sort of deals. So at the end of the day, it will come down to how good we are at finding the players that we need, rather than we're going to get players that other teams aren't going to get. Because as as John says, everybody's everybody is trying, trying to get anywhere close to Manchester City, Liverpool. And as I said, I'll I'll throw Chelsea into the mix. It's also a good point what John says about, and I sort of touched upon it when I talked about Qatar and the break between the 14th of November and Boxing Day. Think about Boxing Day, right? Boxing Day is five days away from the January transfer window. Now, if we've had, or anybody has had, a nightmare start to the season. Say we are, what What are we? Probably about, I suppose, about 20 games into the season, 20 plus games into the season in the middle of November when all of a sudden it all shuts down and we play no Premier League football and we sit and kick our, our heels for six weeks. Now, Eddie Howe, the staff, and not just Newcastle, every other, every other body is looking at it thinking, we've had a nightmare, we've had a nightmare. Do we have to, bearing in mind we're not going to play other than one game until the transfer window kicks in again in January, do we then have to rethink it or do we have to make sure, and I think this is the bigger case, I think one of the reasons why we have to be really, really careful and so much more careful than any football clubs have been in the past in terms of who they sign in the summer. On the uh, you know on occasions you might take a bit of a gamble on one, but you could take a gamble on one in the summer and think okay we can we can get we can get that right again in January. Now who want which owners of football clubs want to do that? 
to their coaches and to their managers say, okay, we've given you a load of money in set in in some in the summer, but you got it wrong and you've not kicked a ball for six weeks between November and December. They're not they're not gonna be happy. They want you to get proper proper signings made in the summer because you I think the January transfer window will almost almost fail to fail to materialize because the the owners of the world will say hang on a minute it was only two two minutes ago that you were spending all my money in September and you've done nothing for six weeks in November and December I'm not spending money again in January so there's a there's a lot of food for thought about what Qatar and what the break is going to do in terms of what we do in terms of signings um, in the summer. And it's and, and we need to be very careful. And I think, and I'm hoping in a roundabout way, that's because, yes, we've heard Ekatika, yes, we've heard Botman. Now, the fact that they haven't happened quickly, and I'm not going to get into this because the me, me, et cetera, blah, de, blah, de, blah. But what I like, what I like so far is that we haven't knee-jerked. We haven't just jumped for the sake of jumping, and I and I like that because if we're if that tells us we're not a hundred percent convinced, the problem is, as I say, if we spend in the summer, if we spend between now and August, um, we won't be able to do it again in January because owners of football clubs will not be happy with that. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Lots of uh, lots of stuff coming in. Colin says the reality is we really haven't got a clue how much work's going on behind the scenes. Let's no. just trust the process. We've been started Absolutely. any achievement uh, for 14 years. Jimmy says, uh, I can see Bale signing for Greggs. I reckon the bun in his hair will be handy. <laughs> uh, and Kenny says, I always turn to Twitter to find out nothing. The transfer yeah. window is open and we'll bring in some good players. But it looks like Newcastle have learned to do it by keeping quiet and doing deals properly. And, there's a uh, there's 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 a very famous very famous word uh, story cliche call it what you will Stephen I mentioned it last night I mentioned it this morning looking ahead to this this morning K Sarah Sarah yeah what e- what what whatever will be will be just let it go whatever will be will be and I, again if you think about how many times we talked about at the end of the season for the last three or four once we were safe I said just trust them. Just trust them. And that's all you can do. Just trust them and whatever will be, will be. Leave it at that. Just leave it at that. Anthony gets uh, a good point across. He says, the Twitter minority, the bleat and tweet are an insignificant bunch of clowns that are 0% of our, uh, 0.1% of our great fan base. Uh, never a true word spoken, mate. L Stapleton says, for me, I feel like we've only had half a season. So we still have that intensity of needing the second half, so to speak. Got a yep. lot to learn to trust in Eddie at all. Good point, mate. Yeah, because obviously yeah. Eddie only came along. Um, you know, and uh, you know, I, I, I get where you're coming from. Somebody made the point when I was at the gym this morning, saying, um, "I wish the season hadn't finished because we, mm. you know we build that momentum up. We were third, third place in in terms of results, if you like. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So uh, yeah, Alex, and and and, and, yeah. and he had, uh, you know, and he himself had had just about his best ever season. In the Premier League, certainly, I mean, yes, he finished ninth at Bournemouth, but he never had the sort of momentum that he had in that six months that ended up with an 11th team finish uh, with Newcastle United. And on top of that, he's never had ownership that spends millions or has potentially have millions. He hasn't got the sort of um, uh, ambassadorial um, kudos he has at the minute now. I mean, this is a very, very different world for, for Eddie Howe. 
And, and I don't mean that in a critical sense at all. I think he's done absolutely brilliant. And I hope he goes on and be the next step up. But, you know, I think I, I'm not sure if we've spoken since. But the Ashworth arrival is absolutely monumental. Monumental. I mean, let's hope he, he turns out to be as good as he was at St. At St George's Park and at both Brighton and West Bromwich Albion. But it was exactly what Eddie Howe needed. Eddie Howe was like the little Dutch boy with his finger in the, in the dike last, last uh, season. He was having to do this. He was having to do that. He was having to do the other. He's now got a, 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 left, a left lieutenant to his hand sorting out this, sorting out that, getting a bit of this, getting a bit of that. So, you know, but Eddie Howe, he will, he will, he will realise that this summer is a very different world to any summer he's ever had as a manager at another club. Yeah, I would agree. Um, do you think we'll be on TV less this coming season, says Alex? We were chosen so often last season with the hope of seeing us fail. I feel like the Premier League will try and hide us away this year. There is an argument for that, Steve. There is definitely an argument because whether you like it, and we have to be brutally honest... One of the reasons why for, for the last three or four or five years, whatever, is because everybody's wanted Newcastle to fail. Everybody has wanted Newcastle to be the side who again lost and again are even closer to the bottom three or are in the bottom three. And the giant Geordies are on their verge to going back into the championship. That was the story. Suddenly, the TV people are thinking, hang on. And this might be part and parcel. Of, of the Forest game, first game of the season, not being picked because they're looking at it and they're thinking, hang on a minute, middle of the team, Newcastle against middle of the team at most, potentially relegation team, Nottingham Forest. Let's not go with it. Let's go with, even though Liverpool only play Fulham, they're the championships. Man City's not great against West Ham, but they are the champions of pass, you know, vice versa. Um, you know, likewise, Manchester United, giant club, but... Um, they're only playing Brighton and Hove Albion. So th th it's a good point that somebody makes that if if we suddenly got momentum, if we suddenly in those first six or seven, as I say, at St. James's, if we start doing it uh, uh, on Tyneside what we were doing at Tyneside at the tail end of last season, then you might find TV are more interested. But at this minute in time, TV are probably just putting a little bit of a question mark against it. It will also, it will also change as well, Steve, don't forget is if we suddenly found two big hitters in terms of signings, um, which I think is unlikely, because I think Eddie Howe will be steady Eddie. But again, that could change the situation. But he's right. He's absolutely right in what he says. Last season and the season before, TV wanted more of Newcastle because they wanted Newcastle to fail, because that was the story. Now, Newcastle are not going to fail, but they're not necessarily going to be a top six team until we find out in the first two or three months of the season. Yeah. Okay. Um, next question, uh, which comes from Roger is this one. Uh, if you could pick one player from the past, Mick, to come into the current side, who would you choose? He says Shearer. In the past? Yeah. If you could bring one wow. player back, I mean, Shearer would, Shearer would be my first Shearer would, yeah. would be my first shout, mate. I mean, it's a, it's easy, it's easy, isn't it? It's easy. I mean, what I would say is because um, because let's let's be brutally honest. I mean, you know, Alan Shearer was 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 a record breaker. Was a record breaker. So if you said to me, "Can we have a record breaker?" Then of course, yeah, I'd take it. But are, are we going to spend one hundred and twenty million to to sign somebody this summer? I don't think we are. So then I'd think to myself. 
just think about uh, the one that springs to mind immediately because it was a clever signing and because it was a signing that did so much for the football club and did so much for a couple of other individuals within the football club. It's what KK did with Beardsley. When, when, when Kevin Keegan brought Peter Beardsley back from Everton, when you looked at what Beardsley did for the amount of money that they spent him, then the things he did about Andy Cole, then the things he did about other players in the club. It's a bit like Trippier in January. That was a clever signing. That was a clever signing. But but Kieran Trippier is a is a right back. So we we you know at this minute in time we need something more than that. We need something a real sort of statement signing. But you know we're not we're not going to break the world record, are we? we? We really I don't think so. We're not going to break the world record, and that's what we did with Shearer. So. You know that's a bit. That's a bit. Uh, it's a stretch. It's a stretch. But I would. I would certainly look at somebody like Beardsley or one of those, a, a clever player who comes in and just adds something, um, and as well, um, it, it, it is good in the dressing room. So somebody like Pe- so somebody like Peter Beardsley. Yeah, I would agree as well. Peter Beardsley, Alan Shearer, I mean, you know, if we could see the likes of those players here again, it would be absolutely fantastic. Um, Obviously, you know, transfers at early days. Barry says, Mick, I know this is a huge discussion point, but would you walk away from the deal with Botman? He says, it stinks at a kid not wanting the move. Should we walk away? There'll be better players on the list. I mean, look, it's all media speculation at the moment. We don't know exactly what is going on, Mick. But if if the rumours are true, yeah. that the club's putting the price up again yeah. and again, and the kid seems to be dilly-dallying, yeah. you'd just move on, wouldn't you, I think? 200%. The one thing I would say is you do get the odd situation. You do get the odd situation where you have to somehow, somehow grab the cojones of the player and get him to sort it. Because the the, the player, you know, they're, they're led astray by football clubs. They're led astray by family. They're led astray by management. I'll give you a good example. Denver Bar. Demba Barr, who turned out to be a, a, a fabulous signing at, um, at Newcastle. But it was an absolute nightmare to do the deal because he had about four agents. He had family. He had football clubs. He had old football clubs who had clauses um, and knock-on clauses. But in the end, they managed to get Demba Barr himself to say, you just say you want to do it. Don't just sit back and say, I'm sorry, my agent says, my other agent says, my football club says, you've got to you've got to grab it. You've got to grab it if you want it. So in a roundabout way, if the player isn't able to do that or doesn't want to do that, then you certainly on that occasion say, no, we don't want him. And B, more importantly, if he is messing around then you very definitely go back to the conversation we had with Andy Griffin when we were talking about next Friday. What, you know, remember, remember Griff talked about, you know, you need to have a look at everybody and everything and what they do. He talked about the, the, the uh, analogy about you want to find out, do they like rare stuff? Do they like rare steak or do they like well done steak? Do they like this? Do they like the other? I talked about the Shearer uh, talking I did years ago when Shearer said that I'd, I want to know everything. I want to know what color toothpaste, what types of toothpaste do. I need to know everything. And it's exactly the same. This Botman, this Enkiti, whoever, you know, once it starts dillying and dallying, then you have to then you have to suddenly, sooner or later, 
say it's not right. It's not right. Because don't forget as well, Steve, the rest of the squad at Newcastle know this is happening. So they might be in Ibiza. They might be away. They might be here. They might be there. But they will know. They will know that there is potentially somebody coming into their dressing room, somebody coming into their squad who's been pissing around for the last three weeks, four weeks. So the first time they see this guy, if he actually does arrive, they're thinking, well, did, did you want to come here? The first thing they'll say to them, did you want, why were you messing around? Did you not want to be and come and play with us? Did, did, did you not fancy this? You know, so there's, there's all sorts of, but I would, I agree. Going back to the point, I would say, don't touch it with a barge pole. If there is a problem, get rid of it. Yeah, exactly, 100%. Okay, as always, uh, we'll uh, say thank you to our sponsors. It's a big thank you to Spina Miner. Worldwide coverage, the only cryptocurrency miner that can mine five different cryptocurrencies at the same time whilst using virtually no energy. And it's VPN protected. Buy yours now at www.miner.spidervpn.org. Thanks to the lads at skipsandbins.com. Uh, telephone 0800 255253. Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website Easy contract free and pay as you go waste collection. Thanks to LNG Family Funeral Directors 01913 And to Gardner Dealing Dispensary, CBD Hemp and Cannabinoid Specialists www.gohd.com. Thanks to qtechshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls End, Newcastle, and the guys who run our website at newfcmatters.com. And thanks to Kai, meet the new game over screen, drop into a Clearun device near you, available on Apple Store, Google Play, and Clearun.game. Thanks to Media Arts for all the video help. And if you want to subscribe, hit the Newcastle Legends logo in the bottom right-hand corner and you can subscribe for free. We are still on seven days a week, even through close season. Hit the thumb up to like the video, click share to share your social media and drop into the comments box to speak to like-minded Newcastle fans or to pose a question on screen. We're available as a podcast as well. So if you're out and about on a car journey, you can listen to us on iTunes, Spotify and the rest available 24 hours after the show goes out live on YouTube. And uh, P. Wright was the lucky winner of our membership draw yesterday. He won a thousand pounds or the cash equivalent with uh, the cash equivalent of the season ticket. Uh, I think he's claimed his prize. There's a few other winners as well. So well done, everybody who joined in. If you want to join and become a cult member and go into the monthly draw, you'll get a pen, a cup, a membership card, and a scarf. Just go to nufcmatters.com, click membership, or put your smartphone over the QR code, and you can go straight there. We do send out car stickers for anybody who's a subscriber, and uh, you just need to email john at nufcmatters.com to claim one of them. And we do support the food bank, nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk is where you can go to make a virtual donation. We have another Shira Ball. Uh, tickets are now on sale. Uh, this will run for a month. 99 tickets, 2 99 uh, to win a signed Alan Shearer ball. You've got to be in it to win it. Go to nufcmatters.com uh, to buy your ticket today. And we have less than a week now uh, to go. We're counting down into a week uh, on Friday, and it's the 24th of June. Tickets are £12 and £15. Doors at 7 o'clock. Evening with Mick Lewis and Andy Griffin at Shearer's ball. Get yourself along. It'll be a cracking night. And we will be doing a little giveaway on the show this week for a couple of tickets uh, to go as well. So get yourself along and uh, come and see us. NUFCmatters.com uh, is where you need to go to buy your tickets for that event. It's going to be a cracker night making it. I know you're oh, looking forward to being back up here. Absolutely. And I mean, I, you know, I was just thinking about it there where you said it. 
I mean, it's it's the price of two pints. It's the price of two pints to go and see, you know, Andy Griffin. Six years and he's, you know, Dalgleish, Bobby Robson, Ginola, Shearer. I mean, you know, the, the kid's done it all. The kid's done it all. And he's, he's a great lad, good servant. Two pints. That's the price of two pints to go and see Andy Griffin and, and we'll have a bit of crack. I think Ando's flying in as well. So there's 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 all there's gonna be all sorts of people there, all sorts of people going on. So be a fantastic night and it's uh, and, and it more more importantly for, for for the lad to uh to be able to come back to Newcastle as well and because uh, he loves it as well, like me, you know, you just you just love the chance. You love the chance. Colin says he's coming for his free paint. So that's uh... there. They are, they are. <laughs> me, me I'm having me 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 pint. Yeah, uh, Sanks says uh, two top wingers and central midfielder, absolute priority. Defender and goalkeeper, secondly important. Then every transfer window, one to two players add up continuously. Newcastle, two to three years, top yeah. four. Uh, yeah, they will have a game plan. Goalkeepers as well. Barry's mentioning Pope. Pope's the latest name to be mentioned. Mm. We've got a West Ham goalkeeper a bit mm. earlier this week as well, Mick. I mean, I still don't feel that it's a priority, the goalkeeper position. But yeah, I think you need a bit of competition, doesn't need the Bravka. Yeah, me and me and you together, me and you together, and me and probably a lot of people I've talked to in the last ten days. I mean, the bottom line is, it's just not a priority for me, and it's not just a priority for a lot of people I know. You know, at this minute in time, I don't think I don't think Dubravka's done too well, done too badly at all. I really don't. I don't think I don't think there's a problem. And I also think as well, Carl Darlow did pretty well as as a as a backup keeper, uh, and and Freddie Woodman. You know, don't forget he's still around about. And he, at one point, was seen as going to be the best young English goalkeeper in the business. Now, you know, there's talk of Preston, et cetera, et cetera. But um, no, I think um, I think the, the the goalkeeper situation is 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 very very different to the centre backs, the centre forwards, um, the the wide players. You know, that there's 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 bigger fish to fry, Steve. Very much so than that. Yeah, no, there definitely is. And uh, as I say, the, the, the transfer window will continue in earnest and Newcastle hopefully will make a, a little breakthrough next week with Akatike. Uh, let's see how that goes. Uh, let's talk about the substitutions. Uh, change again in the league, mate. I mean, five subs. Uh, are you a fan of this? It's only a few years since they took it out. They've brought it back in now. Um, I, I've got to be honest, my opinion, I, I'm not bothered by it. Um, I genuinely really? think that it, it benefits. I think it benefits at the moment the top six um, mm. because they've got bigger squads. And it'll make mm. massive changes to games. Um, and and I don't know. It's I don't see a major issue with it. But I know you're you're clearly not a fan. Well, I, I, I'm not a fan. No, I'm not a fan, and I don't think it's right. Um, uh, but I can see um, the fact that footballers these days are very highly strung and very highly tuned there that injuries uh, particularly tears uh, are more apparent than than were in the past etc cetera, etc cetera. there's also an argument that says to me that you know they've got 3 as it is does 5 really make a difference either way and there's also an argument as well that I'm just thinking off the top of my head that actually if you get if you if you if you make five, then actually you could run the risk of of dismantling um, an eleven too 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 badly. So do you know what I'm saying? So if you suddenly think, oh, okay, I need to get him, I need to get that, but before you know it, you'll 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 do more damage than you do repair 
by bringing in. You know, but at the same time, the, the, the bottom line is that if you have 20 absolute worldies in your squad, then you have the ability, you have the ability to play 16 of them on a Saturday afternoon, which probably 15, 16, 17 of the top 20 don't have at that level. Don't have at that level. So if Newcastle first game of the season against Nottingham Forest, we let's hope, let's hope, you know, we might have a couple on the bench who could have genuine, genuinely game changers. But you know that same day that Manchester City, Liverpool will have seven to choose from and could put five out there. Now, is that right? Probably not. Probably not. And if it gets to the stage of a game where, say, for instance, Newcastle are absolutely playing out of their skins with a one-all draw against Liverpool, Liverpool have already made three changes and Newcastle are still hanging on with only seven, eight minutes left. Um, and all of a sudden, uh, Liverpool can bring in two more subs. One of that is Mo Salah and the other one is whoever. Then you think to yourself, God, blimey, what chance have you got? What ch and you lose the game 2-1. Um, and it's just down to the fact that they had greater numbers and greater ability. So I don't think it's right. I, I, I think it just... It just uh, it, it it just makes the, the, the old argument that the bigger get bigger, uh, the stronger get stronger uh, and everybody else is, is lost. Um, and, and we've already talked about the fact that it's not just Newcastle at this minute in time trying, trying to get into that top half, top six, top seven with the likes of West Ham, with the likes of Leicester, Wolverhampton Wanderers, Brighton and Hove Albion, those sorts of teams. Because they're trying to get close to Liverpool, Manchester City and Chelsea. You know, Man United are going to try. Tottenham are going to try. Arsenal are going to try. Um, so, it's, it's, a, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. But if Man City, Liverpool have got five available on the bench, it just doesn't make, it just, just doesn't make your chances any easier. No, definitely not. Um, five subs will disrupt, uh, disrupt the rhythm of the team, says Roger. Uh, that's... Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. That there is there is that argument, but that is an argument that, that that applies to some, but doesn't apply if the five are all world beaters, if the five are really, really top draw players, because they are not gonna come in and do something untoward. They will come into eleven and they will do the business. Yeah, they will do. And uh that's another one from Roger. He says, tactical change with a five, it's a big change. Um, and he also says that he agrees uh, and the views on the five, a skewed change in favour of the big six remaining in that six, says yeah. Roger. So um, yeah. Roger also says, uh, Klopp complains that he needs five subs but barely uses his three subs now. Yeah, and that's very true. That's very true. They, they don't. They don't need to, you know. They don't need to uh, because what what they what they can do as much as anything is they can chop and change with with proper teams. So they'll play eleven on a Saturday and on the Wednesday play a slightly different eleven, and on the Saturday after that they might just change their fullbacks. That's what he does. He that's that's a clever way of keeping people happy rather than willy nilly throwing in the same eleven every every game. And then throwing in two and three and four and five subs. He just does it properly. 
Yeah, exactly. Teams will make subs in the last 10 minutes to massively disrupt games, uh, says Caretaker. Again, uh, I would agree. Gary asks you a question. He says, if given the chance, yeah. Mick, would you like to commentate on a Newcastle game again? And if so, which game would you like to do? Um, well, I mean, without, without wanting to be uh, bleedingly obvious, with the old aphasia, I, I probably couldn't do a commentary now anyway. Um, so after the stroke in November... Um, that isn't particularly easy. What I would say is, if if that wasn't there, and if the aphasia wasn't an issue, um, I probably would. But I've I've often thought. Don't forget, I retired um, before VAR, and I'm just not sure, Steve. I could do VAR. I'm really not sure. I, 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 I've spoken to uh, Matthew Raisbeck Razor and, and and a couple of other. Uh, you know, Ian Dennis, my big friend, and and, and John Jonathan Pierce, and people like that, and it drives them mad, and it drives them mad, and I, and they're probably more tolerant than I am. Um, so I'm not sure what I could make with VAR. Then you're talking about things like this: five substitutes, this substitute, that substitute, this issue, that issue. Um, it's a it's it's strangely, even though it was a relatively short period of time since I stopped, it has changed hugely. But I mean the 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 obvious one, the, the game I would obviously love to have and love to see um um is is a is a win. Is a win. It's a trophy or a or a or a Premier League or something like that. So that, that would be the easy one, but that's easier said than done. Yeah, get Mick to do the upcoming FA Cup final with us in it, yeah. says Guy yeah. Carr. Yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Best commentator of my lifetime, says Colin, by a million miles. Uh, lots of lots of positive stuff coming in for you, Mick. Uh, Thank you is, very much. Which 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 is lovely, mate. And it's great to see you yeah. making such a good recovery as well, mate. Um, but yeah. from your, from my personal point of view, and I'm just Thank so you. pleased that you've continued to do this, mate. Because yeah. it's, uh, it's been great. Okay, we'll finish off today um, yeah. with. Referees, uh, outgo outgoing referees, Mike mm. Dean, thank the Lord. Uh, yeah. Jonathan Moss, Martin Atkinson have all now retired from uh, refereeing. And um, we do have a few new kids on the block, although not necessarily referees, referee assistants would have been announced. And um, got to be honest, don't really know any of these uh, these no. new faces. Um, the, the, the Tom Brammel, um, we've got Natalie Aspinall. Uh, Nick Greenhall and Steve Meredith, and they're all coming mm. in. They're all coming in now as as new assistants, mm. um, assistant referees. So we've got some new blood coming in, Mick. Is it? Is yeah. it something? Is it something that you would you would say should happen really on on a more regular basis? And and would you like to see ex professionals doing this? Well, I mean, ex professionals has been a has been a pretty obvious one, and and has been a has been a. Um, a bugbear of mine for years and years, but the the problem is Steve, and, and I don't know why. I mean, they they just you just can't get them to do it. They just don't want to do it. Um, I mean, there's there's been one or two. There was a guy called Steve Baines a long time ago who was an ex player. Funnily, played at not a million miles from here at Forest. Um, he he was a he was a decent standard um, referee, but you just couldn't get them to do it. They, they just they just didn't seem. Uh, intent, you know, they just didn't seem want to do it, or probably it was probably quite difficult for them to to then be a referee in games where they've got mates um, who who were you know supposedly know or don't know everything about them. So the 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 the, the ex players thing has been difficult. The younger bit I get, the younger bit I get. I, I think in this in the same way that 
an awful lot of football games. And we've talked about Eddie Howe as a 44-year-old. We've talked about Steven Gerrard as the same age. Frank Lampard, uh, Dean Smith, all relatively um, youngish men in their mid-40s. You know, uh, um, uh, and the, the lad at, um, at Brighton Hove Albion as well. You know, the, the, you know, once upon a time, the, for want of a better phrase, the elder statesmen um, uh, were, were seriously your, 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 your top flight managers. Now, there's so much more about it and it involves the politics. It involves this, that and the other. Um, and and, and it's, it, it's a younger game all of a sudden. So I, I get the younger thing. Um, my biggest problem is, and this has always been the case with football, the biggest problem is you will find, and I can tell you this is an absolute certainty because it's happened since time immemorial, that they will struggle for the first six, eight, maybe even the first season. Because you go, you go from being a championship or a League One or a League Two manage, uh, sorry, referee, and you have to go in the top flight and you have to do different things. So for starters, you've got VAR you've never had. You've got potentially players who are clever. They could dive cleverly. They can do this cleverly. They can, you know, they do all sorts of little tricks that you'd never see in the championship. You'd never see in League One. You've never seen in League Two. You, you don't see the physical side of things. There's no physicality uh, in the Premier League. So these these referees have got to find a way of doing that. And what's slightly interesting, Steve, is that if you go, for instance, I went to the, uh, I didn't go to it, but I watched it, say the Champions League um, playoff final, right? So that was uh, Forrest against uh, Huddersfield, right? What did, Steve, what did they do? And what do they do every season when it's a huge, huge game in the championship? What do they do? They give the referee to who? A Premier League referee. Yeah. So they're sort. So they're sort of saying we don't trust referees in the Championship to do the biggest, expensive, uh, mo more financially worthy um, Premier League. Uh, uh, sorry, um, football match by by the winner taking uh, Premier League football the following season. So if you already admit that you have to have a proper manager, a proper referee looking after the championship final, then, then you're, you're basically saying that referees at that level aren't good enough for the Premier League. So what are we doing now? We're bringing four or five back into the Premier League. It's going it's gonna, to it's gonna take time. It's going to take time. And I suppose it's a bit like sink or swim. It's a bit like diving into the deep end. You've got to do it. I mean, they, could, they will try and, and coach them they will try and work with them through St. George's Park this summer. They'll try and talk them through VAR. They'll try and, but they cannot talk them through how clever um, players are in the Premier League, how the fact that they can dive, how the fact that there's no physicality in it. So these four or five, whatever it is, new, manage, uh, new referees in the Premier League are going to find it very, very difficult for the first six months, eight months, a year, because it is a different game. And that's why, as I say, the fact that they give you a referee for the championship final um, playoff final at Wembley tells you that they can't trust these people in the first place before they even give them a job in the Premier League.
Yeah, I agree. Okay, last plug for this uh, today. And uh, don't forget, don't miss out on this. It's going to be a great event. Friday, the 24th of June uh, at Shiraz Bar, St. James's Park. Uh, tickets £12 or £15. Uh, Mick Lowe's and Andy Griffin on stage. Get yourself along, nufcmatters.com. Uh, that is the place to buy the tickets. We're looking forward to seeing everybody there. So get yourself along. Yeah. Last chance to buy tickets. Yeah, Shiraz Bar, Friday uh, evening. It will be an absolute belter. Um, and uh, I might even buy one or two people a pint. So there you go. Good stuff. Look forward to it, Mick. Have a great weekend, All right, mate. mate. And you. Take, Take it care. easy. Bye See bye. ya.